0: Is always right. Radio on AM fourteen twenty. The answer is your host, Bob France.
2: All righty then. Yes, indeed, it is always right. Radio on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Good morning. Thanks for being with us. It's a Monday. It's the third morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2022. It's eight minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock, and we've got a great show lined up for you today. A lot of important things to hear and a lot of important things to which we will react. I can promise you that. We've got one guest on the docket. It is not Congressman Jim Jordan. If you're used to hearing Congressman Jordan every Monday morning, apologies. He's got a schedule conflict. He's on tomorrow. So tomorrow, you're going to love it. You may dislike the fact that you don't get Jordan today, but tomorrow you get the... uh Uh, You know, the Daily Double. You get Jordan followed by Kersenau, which is kind of cool. Whenever we have to move Jim Jordan to a Tuesday, it's always a good thing for that reason and uh, that reason alone. It's great. So tomorrow we'll have Jim Jordan and Peter Kersenow. Today we're going to have Joe Concha. Joe Concha is uh, a phenomenal voice as a Fox News contributor and now as the author of Come On, Man, uh, an in-depth look at the most unpopular presidency for a first-term president in polling history all of the scandals all of the policy disasters all of the mistakes all of the well the brandon uh you know the let's go brandon presidency He's got it all compiled in a book called Come On, Man, and we're going to talk to Joe Concha at 10.35 this morning. So if you do the math, between now and 10.35, we have almost an hour and a half of opportunity to talk together at 216-901-0945 and 888 So I'm very much looking forward to the conversation with Joe, but I am looking forward to a conversation with you as well. By the way, speaking of Brandon, did you know this? Yesterday was the one-year anniversary it was one year ago i was reminded online and i quickly shared it with my social media followers on facebook and on truth social yesterday was the anniversary of the race car driver whose poor guy his name will never be known by his last name no because i don't even know his last name i don't his name is brandon something <laughs> And he won a nascar race a year ago and a year ago yesterday uh, the fans in that sta- in those stands at that NASCAR race during the post race interview with Brandon the winner, and I believe they said at the time it was his first uh his first uh, race championship, his first race victory, and uh, the fans of course, were doing what the rest of the country was doing at that particular point in time, telling Joe Biden what they thought of him anytime there was a uh, you know there was college football, there was major league baseball. There were um, hockey hockey games. I mean, virtually everywhere there were where there were crowds, frustrated and angry Americans, upset about all kinds of things from COVID mandates to inflation price inflated prices, energy uh, issues, and so forth. Were just screaming and chanting as a giant crowd. Blank you Biden uh, or blank Joe Biden rather blank Joe Biden. Blank Joe Biden. It was over and over. And uh, so for those who don't know where Let's Go Brandon came from, this is where it came from. One year ago today, it was in that race, that post-race interview with Brandon, the NASCAR winner. And again, I don't remember his last name, and I apologize to the poor guy for that. But while the uh, female reporter doing the post-race interview was being interrupted by the crowd screaming, Blank Joe Biden, she couldn't just ignore it. She had to do something. She had to either acknowledge it, cover it up or do something because it was very clear and very vocal and it was on live television. So what she decided to do in the moment, you know, spur of the moment decision, it would appear is she said, Oh, I mean, you can hear your fans over there. They're chanting, let's go Brandon instead of blank Joe Biden. And And it's, it's not a bad cover. I feel like she wasn't trying to protect Joe Biden. I don't feel like this was some leftist reporter who didn't want anybody to know that they were saying blank Joe Biden because she was trying to protect Joe Biden. I feel like she knew she was on live television and there was cussing going on. The F word was going on, you know, going over the airwaves. And so she was trying to tell the audience that's not what you hear. Don't let your lying ears believe you. They're not saying the F word. They're saying, let's go, Brandon. So I really, if, if since that moment, and I'll be honest with you, it's so weird. I have been calling him Brandon. I have a hoodie that says, let's go, Brandon, and I have a T-shirt that says, let's go, Brandon. And every time I wear them out, let me say that again, every time, not most of the time or some of the time, but every time I wear one of those in a public place, I get comments on them, and I have yet to hear one negative. Not kidding. Not joking at all. No one has said to me, looked at my sweatshirt or my uh, my t shirt and, and and criticized. They have all looked and said, Love your shirt. Love. This older couple. I was wearing it through Walmart aisles. Uh, when did it get really cool? Was it Thursday? The temperature. I mean, it's been, the temperatures have obviously started to really drop. But it was like in the 50s, something like that, mid 50s, upper 50s. I think it was like on Thursday, maybe. And I wore, uh, I put the hoodie on. I put the hoodie on. And I had to run to Walmart for something or another. I don't know if it was batteries or what. And, uh, and I was just walking down the and this older couple, not senior, but like, you know, pretty, people in their 60s just looked as I was walking by and the, and the woman said, love your shirt. And the, and the man, give me a thumbs up. And I said, thank you. Cause that's how I get out all the time. I'm used to it by now. Anyway, I'm digressing from the point. The point is, um, in this year, even though I've talked about it, I call him President Brandon. I call him President Brandon to people I interview, including Jim Jordan, and they all kind of know. They just—it's all the, you know, wink and a nod. We all get it. Uh, nobody gets mad at it. I call him President Brandon, and despite that, all this time, I still don't think I've ever seen an interview with the reporter who coined the phrase, who said, "Oh, they're saying let's go, Brandon, not blank Joe Biden." I don't think she's ever explain to my knowledge, and I've hunted for it through the... I gave up a long time, but for a while there, I was looking for it. Why did she uh, say it? Was it an attempt to cover just the foul language on the air and let everybody think that it was something else? Or, or what was her, her mindset there? I kind of still believe that I was right about it, um, that she just was trying to stop you know the, uh, the curse word from being heard over the air, so she was basically trying to cover that up. Uh, because, you know, that's, that's something that reporters and talk show hosts like me are trained to do. I mean, if there's a curse, if a caller uses a curse word, we gotta dump that off of there real quick before it goes out over the airwaves or else we can be in some serious trouble. So if, you know, NBC, which is, I think, who was broadcasting the race at that time, if the NBC reporter and the NBC producers allowed the curse word by the crowd to be repeated over and over and over again and not covered in some way, covered up in some way, they could be, you know, liable with the FCC. And so, I still think that's what she was doing. I don't know because I haven't seen an interview. But I will tell you what: I'm so glad she did that because it gave us all a way of saying what we feel without having to use profanities. How many of us feel like FJB? You know, because of what he's done to this country and what he's done to our lives, what he's done to our jobs, what he's done to uh, to our uh, did you? Oh my goodness, we have so many stories to get into today. Coast Guardsmen. A Coastie saving lives down in Hurricane uh, uh, um, uh, Ian over the course of the last couple of days, literally on the rescue miss- missions, saving people's lives. Got a phone call from Joe Brandon saying, hey, congratulations and thank you for doing the great work in saving those people. That Coast Guardsman, that Coastie, is on his way out. He's got 30 to 60 days to beat it because he refused to take Biden's mandated COVID profit shot as thousands of other military personnel have as well so he's Biden calls him to thank him for saving lives and then by the way you're fired you don't take that shot you're fired for goodness gracious sakes why no sense whatsoever none but this is why so many people feel like saying blank Joe Biden between that and and our poorest border, and the record amount of drugs, and the record spiking crime, and 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 the inflation, and my goodness, do you even have a four hundred one k left, or an IRA, whatever your retirement fund is? Do you know how much it has dropped in the Biden presidency? I'm losing money hand over fist. My retirement account is being decimated. The Dow closed its worst September in twenty years on Friday. 22% below its January 5th peak some 7 trillion dollars have been have been lost collectively across the markets since Biden took over the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 1.7% on the last day of trading of the quarter ending the week down 2.7% about 800 points and ending the month down 9.2% nearly 3000 points the worst month for the Dow since March of 2020, which is, of course, when COVID hit, exactly in March of 2020, and all of the gains that he was bragging about that were happening, quote, on his watch are gone, and then some. People are losing money. their savings that they've put aside for retirement hand over fist. I'm one of them. I'm watching this, and I'm just, I'm crippled. I'm helpless. What do I do? Do I pull it out and accept the losses? Or keep it in and hope that it doesn't hit zero and eventually starts to grow again, maybe under a new president, under new leadership, under new economic policy. My point to this is we all have reasons to be saying blank Joe Biden. And since we don't want to be profane and we don't want to be out of line, we have been gifted by that little reporter from NBC with let's go, Brandon. It's our way of saying yes, blank Joe Biden. In a lot of places, it's become a hashtag. All six letters together: LGB and FJB. Let's go, Brandon Blank, Joe Biden. That's exactly what it has become for so many of us. So anyway, that anniversary was yesterday, and I don't know about you, but I feel like celebrating it. I do. I feel like that's and you
0: uh, dig it.
2: <laughs> that's a celebration worth having. Because it gave us an opportunity to say what we feel without actually being, uh, without being profane or being too graphic. Okay, uh, tell you what we'll do here. I haven't gotten to the news stories of the day because I was just riffing over the anniversary of Let's Go, Brandon. So let's do this. Let's uh, do our Pledge of Allegiance. Then we'll take our time out. We'll come back in and get into the monologue and get into some phone calls from you at 216 So, patriots, go ahead and rise if you would be so kind. Face a flag if you have one nearby. If you don't, that's okay. Just imagine one, but let's work on that. If you are driving, just put your hand over your heart and say the pledge along with us. If you are a believer in the brand and policies that have crippled this country and crippled so many of our individual and personal lives and accounts and financial stability and so forth, if you're a believer in all of that, well, then you have no earthly idea what the flag that we salute re- represents anyway. So you are exempted from the request to stand and pledge your allegiance to it. Instead, go ahead and take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback who wasn't on an NFL field yesterday for the sixth consecutive year, which is just all kind of awesome. For the rest of us, however, to the flag of
0: states of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for
2: all It is 9.20, we'll take this time out, we'll come back, we'll get it rocking and rolling on a Monday edition of Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer.
0: Commander in chief.
1: We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go You know the. You know the
0: thing. Always right with Bob France. True no, no, international the pressure. I on am fourteen twenty. The answer.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much how it is. I still think they're in a competition for which can be the cringiest on the microphone, which can outgaff the other one. I'm talking about the two leads in the. Um, uh, executive branch of the, uh, of the government. I'm talking about the president and the vice president. They just continue to try to outgaffe one another. Although I would probably dispute that this one is a gaffe, this is what she believes. This is what she and they actually believe. They be- Look, if you ever thought that there could be anything that might unify people, who are on different sides of the political spectrum or aisle right now, you would think it would be a national tragedy, right? How many people, after we just last month, commemorated uh, 9-11? 21 years since 9-11. And and how many people on air and online and then maybe just in your private conversations said, man, I wish we could go back to how we were after 9-11? Unified. The whole country came together. And I remember people asking me that question, and I said on the air and in private conversation, um, "That'll never happen again. That will never happen again." And it's sad to think that the only thing that could possibly bring people back together is a whole bunch more death. But it's true. We got to fix something. Just happened there. We got an echo going now. There, Josh, if you can fix that for me. Um, thank you. Um, I, I said I don't think that there would be anything that could bring us back together, but if there is, it would be a national disaster, a national tragedy, a national atrocity, some sort of an attack, some sort of you know war effort or something like that. Well, here we are. I think a natural disaster could qualify, right? A hurricane of epic proportions, a massive one, slams into the Gulf side, of the Gulf Coast of Florida, Slams through Tampa, up through Lee County, up into the Carolinas. Pretty massive, over $100 billion of damage so far. Now, this was as of this morning. One report I saw said 77 confirmed uh, casualties. And who knows what the death toll will eventually be when they're done doing rescue, search and rescue. But 77 casualties. And, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are without power right now uh, down there. And one would think that, boy well, at least we can all come together on this. At least we can all be united on our in our support of victims and in our opposition to, uh, you know, well, not really opposition. I guess we'll stick with supportive victims and supportive recovery efforts. Everybody would work together here, th- there, right? But no. This is how the left thinks. There is never a situation Disaster or otherwise, in which identity politics don't come first. Where separation, segregation aren't the most important thing. Identification of the oppressed and demonization of the privileged. There's never a situation where that doesn't take precedence. And that's why I started to say this is not a gaffe from the vice president. This is how she thinks. This is what they believe. They truly believe that that. You know, we should, we should evaluate responses to disasters based on race. It is our um, lowest-income communities and our communities of color
3: that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and, and impact.
2: Because, you know, those storm surges and those 155-mile-an-hour sustained winds only blew the roofs off of minority homes and businesses. Or the majority of the homes and businesses were of, owned by minor, minority people, you see. Because the, the hurricanes are very, very selective in that regard.
3: Impacted by, by issues that are not of their own making. And oh, so we, absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place and if we want people to be in an equal place sometimes we have to take into account those disparities
2: the vice president of the united states believes hurricane relief efforts should be based on race all for the purpose of equity it's very very difficult to find words to that are appropriate for the radio and And uh, allowed by the FCC. There are very few words I think that I can come up with here. It's very difficult uh, to describe how bat bleep insane that is. How disgusting that is. How divisive that is. How reprehensible that is. How very demon rat that is. Telling white people... Who were impacted by the hurricane in the most devastating way possible. You'll wait in line behind people of color because we have to achieve some sort of equity. Is really, really hard to put into words. But I do have more of those words and they'll be coming up after the news. I've got some words from some other people too. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five Triple Eight two eight one eleven ten. Right back after the news on always rate radio.
0: Left hurts. Oh god, I hurt a little, but I'm alright. Always right with Bob France.
2: Oh god, I felt good. Yeah! I on am 1420. The answer. So I, I I I need some genuine reactions here. How do you respond to the vice president of the United States saying we are going to we are going to um, allocate resources for hurricane relief based on race? for the purposes of equity, because we have to have equality. Therefore, we have to have equity. We have to consider what people have and what people don't have. And the people who don't have more, well, they deserve more from us than others who suffered perhaps the same from the hurricane. She said we have to consider where people started from. So this has put the FEMA the Federal Emergency Management Agency into a very, very difficult situation. Because now they're being asked, if I'm white and my business was destroyed, am I not going to get assistance because I'm white? And if you deny me assistance in the same way that you give it to the guy across the street who owns a similar business, whose building was destroyed, whose livelihood is in jeopardy, and he happens to be a person of color, If you give him more than you give me, if you give him priority over me, which is blatant discrimination, is that going to be allowed? So FEMA is being asked. The FEMA administrator is Deanne Criswell, even though Joe Biden doesn't even know who she is. He called her Griswell, which is just par for the course. Where's Jackie? Anybody know where Jackie is? I don't know. Where's Jackie? Um, She had to go on TV, and she was asked. You know, Vice President Harris just said we're going to be distributing relief via FEMA to people based on their race, based on their, uh, their the place they began, if you will, because equity matters more than anything else. And so this is how that went down.
3: Yesterday, Florida's governor's spokesperson said that comments are causing undue panic and must be clarified. You're here. I'd like you to clarify them because Senator Scott called on FEMA to be colorblind, really insinuating you're not. Yeah, look Margaret, I was on the ground. I was on the ground Friday and Saturday. I was uh, assessing the damage personally and talking to survivors. There are a lot of people that are going to need assistance as a result of this. And one of the things that uh, I have known and I have experienced responding to other disasters, that there are people that often have a hard time accessing our programs. There's barriers to our program. And one of our focus areas, um, since I've been in office, is to make sure that we're removing those barriers so these people that need our help the most are going to be able to access the help that, that we offer. I know that the vice president and the president, they share these same values, and again, I was on the ground uh, Friday and Saturday, and I committed to the governor then that we are going to provide assistance to all Floridians, because we know that there are people that are just completely devastated from the storm. We are going to be there to support everybody that needs help. But just to be clear here, um, the senator said the vice president's comments were about if you have a different skin color, you're going to get relief. How do you again, respond to that? Yeah, yeah. again, Margaret, our programs support everybody. Um, I would say I believe some of the things the vice president was talking about are the long-term um, recovery and, and um, rebuilding these communities to be able to withstand uh, disasters um, so they can have less impact. We're going to support all communities. I committed that to the governor. I commit to you right here that all Floridians are going to be able to get the help that is available to them through our program
2: all floridians not just floridians of color so it, it this is like again it's kind of a theme that goes through the biden administration he makes public comments that are completely out of his rear end and then the media says well to to the white house well is that the new policy and then the white house the white house has to go into damage control and explain what they meant or literally say the opposite of what was said you know, Joe Biden said COVID is over, the pandemic is over, and immediately they had to go back to the White House, and White House people say, well, that's not what he meant. You know, what he meant was is that, um, you know, we've made some great strides, but, you know, we still have a pandemic. It's constant, same thing here Here with uh, Kamala now. Kamala Harris declaring that we're going to provide uh, relief based on race and based on equity, uh, and they have to go to the FEMA agency to say, is that true, is that way it's going to happen? No, it's not going to happen that way. So we'll see. I don't know who to believe, to be 100% honest with you. I'd like to believe the FEMA agency uh, director, rather than Kamala Harris, because she doesn't have a track record of lying the way Kamala Harris does. But we'll have to wait and see who holds the power there, FEMA or the vice president and the president. Now, staying in Florida, I want you to hear this as well, because this is important. (laughs) And we'll go to the phone calls. Excuse me. We'll go to the phone calls in a second here, 216 If you're on hold, stay there. We'll come right to you. If you're not on hold, go ahead and get there now. We've got plenty of time to talk. Uh, I'm going to stay down in Florida. I want to talk about Governor Ron DeSantis, because here we go again. More of the race card, or more, if you will, of racial and identity politics. Governor Ron DeSantis simply made a point uh, during a press conference uh, in the recovery efforts here uh, to tell people that if you think you're going to do what they did in Katrina if you think they're going to do, you're going to do what they did in previous nat, natural disaster situations, where uh, earthquakes out in California or hurricanes here on the East Coast, where these or on the Gulf Coast, in this case, and these kind of, if you think you're going to use this as an opportunity to go and start stealing stuff and victimizing people even worse by looting their stores you're going to probably want to think twice about this. The other
0: thing that we're concerned about, particularly in those areas that were really hard hit, is you know we want to make sure we're maintaining law and order. Uh, don't even think about looting. Don't even think about taking advantage of people in this vulnerable uh, situation. And so local law enforcement is involved in, and in, in, in monitoring that, you know, I told Kevin, if the state needs to help as well, uh, because you, know, you can have people you know, bringing boats into some of these islands and trying to ransack people's homes. Um, I can tell you, in the state of Florida, uh, you never know what may be lurking behind somebody's home. And I would not want to chance that if I were you, given that we're a Second Amendment state. It's
2: Governor- <laughs> pretty unambiguous, isn't it? If you plan on stealing here, you better be careful because we're a Second Amendment state and you don't know who is going to be protecting their property and the way they're going to be protecting their property legally. You might want to rethink the idea of looting. And you know what? What a what a, what a crazy idea that is, right? That's a, that's a sound message. Now, I ask you, did you hear racism in anything that he said? Did he say, white people, you better stop thinking about looting or don't even start thinking about looting because it could very well lead to some, some dire consequences if you try to rob people here in uh, in Florida, a Second Amendment state. I didn't hear that. Did you hear him say black people, you better not think about looting? I didn't hear him say that. Do you think, or did you hear him say Hispanic people don't think about looting in the wake of Hurricane Ian? I didn't hear that either. I didn't hear any of those things. Yet here we sit, and what is Joy Reid the left wing nut job of MSNBC what are left wing media members all over the country saying in the last twenty four to forty eight hours about this they're calling Ron DeSantis racist, threatening black people. Wait, what because Ron DeSantis told people don't come around here and think about looting businesses or you might get shot by somebody protecting their property and their their businesses and their homes Don't even think about it. The left has said that that's a racist statement. Now, I don't know about you, but I can do 2 plus 2. I'm not a math major. I didn't do calculus. But I can do 2 plus 2. And here's 2 plus 2 equals 4. Ron DeSantis says don't loot. Liberals say that's racist. That's 2 plus 2. And what's the sum? Liberals think only black people loot. Liberals just declared that black people are the looters. They're the ones that have to be worried about this. White people don't do that. That's literally what they're saying. So, so Ron DeSantis is being called a racist for, for saying don't loot, and yet it is the leftist racists who are the ones who are saying, well, you know, if he's threatening to shoot people or threatening that people will get shot, obviously that's racist because black people will be the only ones in those looting situations. If you think it stops there, it doesn't. Just because we can, let's go ahead and point this out. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. In this gem from Friday, you probably heard, but maybe you didn't. I don't know for sure. But this gem, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, representing the Demon Rat Party that is supposedly the party of of equality, and unity, and not the party of segregation and racism, has said that these migrants that continue to pour into the country over Joe Biden's open southern border, stop thinking about going north. Stay down here and pick my doggone fruit. What's wrong with you people? We have a shortage of
0: workers in our country, and you see even in Florida some of the farmers and the growers saying, why are you shipping these... Uh, Immigrants up north, we need them to pick the cops down here.
2: <laughs> the Republican Party is the party that's racist, though, right? How many times must we endure these, these, these just foot-in-mouth gaffes from the left before we realize they're not gaffes? It's who they are. It's how they think. It's what they believe. These illegal alien migrants... You know, you're not going up north to take engineering jobs. Stay down here and pick the fruit where you belong. Pick the crops. Can you imagine a Republican speaker, a Republican member of the House, a Republican senator, a Republican talk show host, a Republican president, any of them saying, you know, we shouldn't be shipping these migrants north. We need them in the south to pick our crops. You want to talk about racial stereotyping. You want to talk about racism in its full, fullest form. There it is. And you, and you know doggone well. There will be calls for resignation. The resignation of any Republican who said something as egregious. But with Nancy Pelosi, it's, uh, oh, did she get into the bourbon a little early today again? You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So just to kind of recap where we've, where we've been this morning. Governor Ron DeSantis is racist for telling people not to loot because the only people who loot, according to Democrats, are black people. Nancy Pelosi tells uh, migrants who come across the border not to go to the north, and the Republicans not to ship them to the north, because we need them to pick our crops down here in the south. Kamala Harris is telling everybody who has been impacted so horribly by this terrible natural disaster called Hurricane Ian, get in line for federal assistance, not in order of height, but in order of color. Darker colors to the front, you privileged hurricane victims. You wait in the back, and we'll see if we have anything left for you. And now you know why Joe Concha wrote the book that he wrote called Come On, Man, about the disaster that is the Biden presidency. We're going to talk to him at 1035. We'll talk to you after the news, which is coming up, or excuse me, after this time out, rather, at 949. Always the right radio on AM 1420, The Answer.